Ready? Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 13-3, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week, um, we get together and hang out and listen to great video game music of the past and the present. Um, we talk about it, we chat about it, and we, we hang out. Pernell, it's been a couple days. How, how you been? The sun's out. It's yeah. not 20 degrees outside. Enjoying, or, enjoying the springtime weather? Yes, yeah. including the pump fakes that has been given us, what was it, yesterday when it went down to like in the 40s or some junk, and I refuse to turn the heat back on. Forget that nonsense. So <laughs> I just suffer through it at this point. Yeah. All for the sake of our low electric bill. It's worth it. Um, well, let's get into today's topic. Today on the show... We have a special guest, a guest uh, composer, producer, remixer. We have Two Mellow. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Uh, how are you? Great, great. Thank, thanks, thanks for coming on our show and, mm-hmm. and hanging out with us today um, and answering my, my little tweet DM out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, we were like, hey... <laughs> We were like, we're like, maybe we should try to get him on the show. He ain't going to want to come on our show. That's... And then Rob's like, I'll message him. He's like, he wants to come on the show. Like, okay. <laughs> I am happy. That's why I, have the, that's why I have the DMs open. I love doing podcasts. I uh, just, I don't I don't know why, actually. But I, I like talking. Well, that's good. That's all you need. I guess, Talking's fun. I, I guess a lot of people do. I guess <laughs> everybody's trying to start a podcast these days. Well, you know how it goes. Like, I mean, we gotta shut them down for now. No, <laughs> we just have to be good. But like, hey, I've just come to accept like that it's that common standing of everybody likes to talk. So like, you yeah. know, you go, you want to meet a new person, you don't know how to get acquainted with them, and you feel nervous, let them talk, and everything just kind of falls into place. So, um, so too yeah. mellow. You've worked on games like uh, uh, Read Only Memories, right? Yes, and 2064 Read Only Memories. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot that. I've always thought it was title change. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm repping uh, for their title change, but yes. Actually, funny enough too. Like I was while we were prepping for the episode, I started going through like some of my old like social media history, and apparently, I shared a track of yours to my brother back in like 2012 <laughs> or 2013 from the game. Uh, it was like no, no, one of his cuts. Oh. Um, he did yeah. like a Chrono Trigger jam. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, speaking of looking at old social media, <laughs> Facebook memories today reminded me that I remembered that uh, some fan art from that uh, <laughs> on this day a year ago or whatever. So I shared it again. That was my first big big project uh, before I even started actually working on games. Wow, well that explains how you ended up getting to segue into games because that first big project Does it? was beastly. Does it explain that? It's very weird. <laughs> it was good. Like it was very good work. Like it's almost like saying my first big project before stepping into games was me trying to do a Captain Crunch remix and it just didn't quite take. Like no, this was <laughs> solid work. It came through. It was immediately loved. So when you're like, "Now nah, I'm doing games." That's not a surprise. That should be expected because you put out great work, great mm. content. <laughs> Thank you. So we sent it, we put it out to you, 
to um, come up with today's topic. And um, you have a new project that's out. I guess it's been out for a while now, but it's it's um, inspired yeah. by Jet Set Radio. Is that right? Yes. Memories of Tokyo Toe is my ode to Jet Set Radio. It's like a pretty big album mm-hmm. um, with me going through a lot of different genres the same way that a uh, like halfway licensed, half composed soundtrack does come together, which is what Jetsu Radio soundtrack is. There's like 75% uh, Hideki Naganuma, and then there's other featured composers and featured licensed songs. Mm-hmm. And I try to kind of replicate that like diverse feel of music. Yeah, I can definitely say that Jetset Radio for me and Jetset Radio Future was an interesting step in my journey of music discovery. Like I brought oh, up yeah. in the past where, like you said, it was a lot of license and then Hideki Naganuma. Yeah, Dragula. It, no, <laughs> let's not talk about Dragula. <laughs> well, that's only in the American version yeah, because they thought we wouldn't like the other licensed stuff. So we lost some good Japanese hip hop because of Dragula. Yes, we did. I will admit one, the only good thing about that, aside from the force, those new added levels, which well, were a lot of fun. And Jurassic 5. I mean, that's okay. Uh, but yes, knew. that was a good idea. Yeah, for some reason, I liked that track from Colt, though, and up until that point, I never heard of them. So that was me learning it, mm-hmm. that they existed. Um, but learning about Guitar Vader, I learned about Guitar Vader because of this yeah, game. Yeah. And then I ended up getting into all their albums. And Was uh, Guitar Vader, the, were they cut from the American version? No, I think, I'm pretty sure no, uh, Super Brother was still in it. Mm. At least yeah, all that's, yeah. And then, like, Cebo Motto. But that was future, I think, and mm-hmm. um, and then also birthday cake. Yes, like the weirdest song ever <laughs> in a video game, but like weirdly great. Um, so yeah, so I understand Jet Set Radio. It was is this a big part of your like kind of musical upbringing too? Oh, you, like yeah, like everything. Um, when I when I first saw the game, it was like the coolest game I'd ever seen in my life yeah. at that point, like. <laughs> Something I I didn't know I had liked hip hop and I liked graffiti, but I didn't ever think that that would come into games because I just didn't think that people making games were into it. Yeah. But with like Parappa the Rapper and Jet Set Radio coming, uh, and it made me rethink that and uh, rethink what games could be uh, for me personally. Mm. And yeah, the musical influences were just. And I'll talk about this a little more when we uh, start sharing tracks. But it's like a not hip-hop it's like cooler than funkier than hip-hop takes even more of hip-hop's influences Mm. than hip-hop itself does i don't know it's it's an it's it's interesting own thing and it did influence me a lot i think about um how early hip-hop was influenced by the limited hardware or the 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 limited um scope of the hardware you know like the drum machines can Mm -hmm. only hold so much uh, sample sample length, you know, and, and they could only do the mm-hmm. computers weren't really in the studios. Um, and you look at computer uh, uh, computer games hardware, and on the NES, they only had four channels of sound, so they, they were working with similar, they're working with limitations in the same way. So yeah. creating something um, greater out of the sum of its parts is a is a shared thing. Um, even though we're, yeah. we were getting into like the Dreamcast and CD audio and stuff like that, I feel I feel like those, you know, a lot of these composers are still, you know, they've been in the industry for a long time and they have that background. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, feel, I feel like there's a really strong connection there. Mm-hmm. Well, let's listen to our first track. So I'd like to start off with yours. Um, so you brought a few with you and I, I've got them all in front of me. So which one would you like to start with? Oh, let's see. It's, 
I feel like we need to... I have varying opinions on the quality of these tracks. Okay. That's why I kind of put them together so I wanted to bounce them off each other. Cool. Um, but since we've talked so much about Jet Set Radio, uh, why don't we uh, go ahead and put on Humming the Baseline. All right. listening to Humming the Baseline from the game Jet Set Radio for the Sega Dreamcast composed by Hideki Naganuma. And yeah, I I think you brought one of my favorite tracks from the game, not one of the uh, the licensed tracks, but um, just really like kind of stripped down, minimal with that upright bass sound. It's, it's got a very very cool like kind of 90s rap sound to it. Like it's emulating 90s rap. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of an amalgamation of everything. Like the upright bass is very like Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the but the vocal hits do not match at all. Like there's nothing like those vocal hits, like the humming of the bass line, as the song's called. 
in in 90s rap that feels much more like an 80s rap thing to me where every song was like 10 minutes long and it was just like people vocalizing over it after a while <laughs> you know not even rapping anymore just like I'm like, making sounds i'm like the odd guy in that regard because i for as weird as it goes i've always kind of preferred that style of rap in general like <laughs> oh, just sure. like the spoken was like go on, like like the like guy's like just talking about his day over <laughs> a beat like going to the grocery store yeah go like, to pick me up some sandwiches like, like obviously yeah, i'm just being ridiculous the there, of, but you uh, get what i'm saying the end of rapper's delight by cool yeah. and the gang where he's just rapping about having dinner with his friend's family <laughs> it's like stop. i mean yeah, Paid in Full is probably the like one of the best rap songs ever, and it's not about anything except just like I once didn't have money and now I do, and also rapping is hard. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all it's about. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, humming the baseline, and not only does it like clearly take from from the genealogy of rap, but it also has this the sound that it starts with, just that mesh of like a weird horn hit and like these scratchy sounds like window wipers that are too dry oh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh the, the vocals it's a lot to hit you with at once mm-hmm. and it feels to me more like a like uh james brown queuing up a bunch <laughs> of horn hits or queuing up the band to just generate like hype sounds yeah. more than it does like anything that hip-hop has produced that's that's, um, that's funny. I feel like um, like he like he was approaching it still as a video games producer, where he was going through maybe um, samples, you know, that he has, yeah. and like trying to emulate the rap, like the rap and hip hop sound, with the sample sets that he was using. Like, oh, well, it's going to be street music. So I always thought that that, yeah. that little horn, that bing bing bing, sounded like um like a fake car horn, you know. I kind of mm-hmm. like like what Melo described regarding like it sounds like you're queuing up the band because yeah. it's an interesting description related to how the game uses it too. You know, you're in the clubhouse, you're trying to choose which skater you want to take out on the street. Right. And of course, even after you pick the skater, is that loading screen section where it transitions from humming the bass line to the um, to the scratching or to, to the distortion leading up to when Professor K starts talking and leads you to the level. So it's almost like it's prepping you for the the awesome sound symphony that's awaiting you. You're officially hitting the street, and you get your dialogue from Professor K. Those wild kids are out there again. <laughs> what do you like to say? Um, it's honestly, to me, one of the most iconic tracks in the game, if not the most iconic track in the game, even if it is the least pronounced because of just how it's used and how it settles with you as you hear it. So who is, who is your favorite character? Um, Cube. You like Cube? I used Cube like the Dickens. Yeah, the the, the Cube Goth girl, right? Yes, yeah. right. I'm like, none of that's pronounced. I always liked the uh, the dude with the uh, the stereo on his shoulder. Combo, combo. combo yeah. yeah, he had a big yen symbol around his neck. That was so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a favorite? Can you remember at all? I actually like Garum. Uh, he is the shirtless guy with like the uh, bug eyes. Yeah, I guess you would call them. Yeah. Like the, I think they're yellow. Yeah. He was one of the last guys you got, wasn't he? He is he's actually one of the first I think really? people kind of forget yeah whereas uh, I think combo and cube might be the last ones um, but yeah he you have to pull off a few like really difficult early game jumps it's definitely the difficulty curve to get him yeah and of course I totally were I was thinking about it while the track was playing because I was remembering scrolling through the house and trying to choose a guy and I was like couldn't you unlock the dog too? Yes, you can. <laughs> well, you can unlock the dog in this game? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. 
It's yeah. like pretty much the reward for doing and collecting everything. Oh, that's but awesome. Yeah. You can, I think you can be the police officers in the uh, future. Really? Or like the, the the main police officer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that might be worth looking into then because future <laughs> is a game where it boggles my mind. I'll be blunt. That <laughs> the game is sitting out there on the old Xbox hardware. Yeah. And yeah, it, could, it slowly but surely gets kind of upgraded to be used on newer since like it was on Xbox 360. And I think they're still talking about putting on the one suit. Like they keep porting it yeah. forward and forward, yeah. But it's clear, I think at least, that the world's ready for the thing to get revived. Even if it was just, here's yeah. a remaster of the same game. We're ready for, like, Jet Set yep. now. Yes! Yeah. It's yeah, I have I have tons of... <laughs> I could talk all day about, like, it's it's a, the second most requested, like, game to be brought back uh, by Sega. Mm-hmm. They, they released, a, like, a results of a survey they had recently, and it was number two after uh, Sakura Wars, um, which is getting brought back now, so that is a lot of hope. But... Yeah, Jet Set Radio Future was an improvement in every way over the first one. You know, as good as the first one is, Future had easier graffiti stuff. It was nicer to play. There's more interesting locales, and it had kind of an open world in I, a way. I will say the one thing that made... It didn't make the game bad by any means, but mm-hmm. I, at least back then what I remember thinking, though, was that as frustrating as it was in the original game... I kind of missed having the cops on you while you were trying to tag. Oh, they didn't do that in Future? No, in Future... I never played yeah, you, it In was Future, a- there's, like, battle zones. Like, huh. they'll they'll cut off an area and say, okay, just run into all these cops. It's it's not the... They don't have them constantly dogging you anymore. I, I probably like... Because that difficulty of the cops constantly on your tail, it was fun, but it got really when, challenging. And when almost, the smokescreen kicked yeah, in, yeah, when they yeah. started throwing the tear gas, that was yeah. when it was brutal. They made a lot of smart choices um, with scaling things back from Jesse Radio to Future, especially considering that the first game was so weird mm-hmm. in its own right that they were able to improve so much. But yeah, maybe the one thing they didn't exactly have to take away was to to make all the police things more like boss battles rather than having them be a constant presence. Right. It yeah. could have been just lessened a little bit. Because yeah, that for me, it was that. And the other thing, which I think would be easily trimmed in a, in a new game because we have the technology for it, is like I felt like some of the areas were very cluttered in a new game because they were trying to make it. There's an actual robust, wild environment. But some of those zones, man, with those stacked apartments, whoo, oh, you got yeah, lost. The, oh. Yeah, the, the map is horrible. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think this, the sewer area is legendary because it has like five levels and they're all exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> and and they have it has one of those wacky 3D maps. Which, uh, by the way, I just realized is in the new game, God of War. So that's going to be a joy. Wait, what? Completely useless map. Yeah, there's there's a like pseudo 3D map in the new God of War. Oh, jeez. It's very bad. But yeah, for a game that has like tries to have so many levels, like there is a level that is just rooftops, <laughs> and for a game like that to have this awful 3D map where you can't tell where anything is. Uh, is bad, but like even but it just in a sense though that's a testament to how loved the game was. Like even back then, you would play and go, "This is a tr- this map is atrocious. It's frustrating me, but I'm yeah, going to make it work. Still do it. I'm going to make <laughs> yeah, this work. You can you can totally still play it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's move on to our next one. This is an uh, odd episode, so that's Pernell. I love being the odd duck. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with one that. Well, like I said, this is a weak spot for me, so I'm not sure how fitting my tracks are, but let's just give it a go. 
Um, I went with a track from Revelations Persona as my first one. The track is titled mm-hmm. Police Station and it's composed by Shoji Meguro, Hidehido Aoki, Misaki Okibe, and Kenichi Suchia. Welcome back. You're listening to the Police Station <laughs> Thief for Revelations Persona, composed by Shoji Biguro, Hidehito Aoki, Misaki Okibe, and Kenichi Suchia. So, this is an odd. We could probably like hip hop. What? Like, I, I feel yeah. like there's definitely some hip hop inspired influences to this track. Um, and funny enough, on my way out of the office prior to coming here, I was walking to my car. I was like, let me see if I can put some lyrics over this. So, I started trying to spin some lines i'm not going to say them on the show because Wait, they were all gibberish no yes you are nope not yeah, happening yeah, you are nope but i yeah, did not happen here comes no nope. comes nope you're wasting your time <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. but I, what, 
but I basically proved that I feel like I actually was capable and able to do exactly that. At least enough to be able to say, yes, I can see this working. Well, it has a dark kind of lower tempo beat, you know. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Mello, what were you, you going to say? Um, sounds just like Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Bring it back up. All right, I'll bring it back up. Here we go. Baby. <laughs> ice, ice, baby. Ice, ice, baby. <laughs> I think it's funny because that's the only line of the song I even remember. Stop. Collaborate and listen. Pernell's back with a brand new. That was Ice, Ice, Baby? Yeah. Well, there we go. Though. I remember that part. Man, I was a white boy in the 90s. I know that song. Well, the worst part is I remember more of the In Living Color parody than the actual song. <laughs> I told the world that I was shot, but it was a toilet paper cut. And he goes, yowch. And <laughs> it's such a weird reference. <laughs> but that is interesting. I didn't even catch that, but I can kind of get it. I can get that. So this is a, it says police station and then dungeon. So this is, I guess, a dungeon stage. Yeah, like the way the game was designed, the original Persona game, though I guess Persona 2 did this too, was that uh, you were in conventional environments, like in an actual city, and whenever you went to a certain, like, weird things happened, which distorted the world, which turned normal locations into labyrinthine dungeons. So the police station became a labyrinth that you waited to get from the lobby to the holding cells where your friends were being locked up. And this music played as you were exploring the halls in the 3D corridor environment. And it, honestly, it made traversing the dungeon feel that much better. Like, I enjoyed the music, even though the walking was slow and you heard the clomping steps every time you took a step. <laughs> Classic, like PlayStation, like Resident Evil. Clomp, 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 clomp. But as much, this game gets a lot of flack for like being like slow combat and didn't really translate well in the test, it survived the test of time. But I don't know. I feel like the music definitely holds up. And when they did the remake of the game, they made it faster. But they changed the music, in my opinion, for the worse. Like, the music's not bad, but this is one of those cases where they seriously needed a switch to let you choose what you wanted to hear because these tracks yeah. were so much better. Um, do you have any yeah, experience the, with them? A little bit. Um, I haven't played the first Persona, but I played uh, the remakes or... Yeah, remakes. They are remakes of two... Mm-hmm. Of like the two two games, and those did give you the option to choose um, between the original music and the remixed versions. Yes. Um, so they might have been more uh, more faithful and better quality remasters. Yeah, because to me, like it's it's. I mean, I, I, I'm always about hearing new jams when, a, when an artist wants to revisit and see what they can do with mm-hmm. it. But why I say I was like, don't lock me into them because it's not like your old music was bad. Yeah. I want the old stuff too. You know. And I am yeah. glad you said you, of the ones you played, you did play the P2 duology because that is, that is some that is some quality storytelling right there. I love those mm-hmm. two games so much. And people are like, oh, it's nothing compared to the new ones. Like, well, maybe the gameplay has evolved in a number of ways, but nah, the story has yet to top that for me. They have not come yeah. close. So yeah, you could still see you could see elements of that gameplay. Uh, specifically from to coming into even persona 5 with the demon bargaining kind of just being a simplified version of it yes i was so glad they brought that back because yeah. three and four gave you those weird like flying eyeballs and weird caricature enemies yeah, the enemies weren't as good as either the shin megami tensei main series or um what was it persona 2 yes so when five came out and you got into that first fight in the prison 
I flipped the heck out. I was like, oh my god, it's Mandragoras. I am so happy. <laughs> it just Everything just went. And I was ecstatic. But yes, Rob should play those, but he won't. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to him eventually. It's a huge investment. I know. Any I'm, of them. Persona 5 is on my list. I keep talking about it. It's, at least it's been six episodes. I've been like, yeah, I'm going to play this game. It I, looks amazing. I always try to let it, like, lay it out to say, like, the uh, games are long, well, but the sooner you start, <laughs> the sooner the, you uh, finish. Golden Week sale on PSN right now. Persona 5 is on sale. Oh! I should do that. But <laughs> before I go home, I want to watch you purchase it. He's like, maybe not. <laughs> 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 oh, man. It takes... I don't know why. It's like starting a really good book. You know, it's, you know, you're gonna enjoy it, but you're not gonna pick it up just yet. But as soon as you do pick it mm-hmm. up, it's you're gonna be stuck in it for a while. I just need, I need, mm-hmm. to, I need to make that commitment, um, and not just keep playing the same game over and over again. Like that's, I, I do with Street Fighter and, and DDR. It's that's all why I, all it's I your play. friends. That's yeah. why it takes your friends. Yeah, the friends, to... the 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 the, uh, you know, the pushers, the game pushers. That's right. <laughs> Mello brought up the sale. I'm here to to, to, to sponsor you to watch you purchase it. I think we just had a thing going here. We made a we made a connection. You'll get personified. I like we're talking about games like an addiction, and then you're you're also saying that you're my sponsor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, kind of giving mixed messages. And with the way you are with purchases, once you make the buy, yeah, I'll play, you play will play. It. I will play it. So <laughs> I'll play the heck out of it. It's all about getting that sale. Give me a job, Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going into um, my first track. I'm going to pick... Okay, I'm going to go all in. This is for the Neo Geo, the SNK Neo Geo. Um, This is called Street Slam in America. In Japan, it's called Dunk Dream. And in Europe, it's called Street Hoop. Just, just one. <laughs> so clearly, they had, to, they had to drop the alliteration. So here. clearly, this has to be a hip hop inspired soundtrack. And and the Neo Geo had a lot of RAM to hold samples and stuff. So a lot, a lot of the music is sample based. Um, okay. so, so this track is called Friday Brother for the Club Court, composed by Tatsuya Kiyuchi, and they they sampled a lot of vocals for this track. So I don't I, I don't know who who did the vocals, but it's pretty impressive what they were able to fit onto a cartridge. So, yeah, this is Friday Brother from Street Slam. Check it out. Friday night, got nothing to do. Just sitting around the house thinking about you. Gotta get outside. I gotta get on the move. Grab the keys to the road. See a friend until we hit the schoolyard, heading for the blacktop, taking on the chunks with the five dollar flat tops, playing all night, you know we never lose it, cause when push comes to shove, you know we gotta do it. Playing all night, you know we never lose it Cause when push comes to shove, you know we gotta do it (laughs) 
You're listening to Friday Brother from the game Street Slam for the Neo Geo, um, composed by Tatsuya Kiyuchi and probably someone from their uh, U.S. Local- localization team doing yeah, the vocals on that. Definitely just some 45-year-old QA guy. <laughs> I was that track started up, and I said I'm expecting a Will Smith line. Just bop it any minute. The guy yeah. goes, go into the club and buy a drink. <laughs> it's like it's pretty much what it ended up becoming. Just a guy who wants to like emulating Will Smith, who was just talking over some street hoops. It does kind of sound like someone who just heard Summertime once <laughs> <laughs> and made like their version of that. You gotta buy nice shoes because there's girls. <laughs> Exactly. It's that kind of thing. Like, let's just go to this location and play this sport. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I think you're right. They got someone from the office and they were like, hey, can you do like, we have enough memory for eight bars for like, a, wait, hold on. Okay, four bars. I All don't right. know what to talk. As, fit as much in as you can. Quick, go. Like, I don't know what to rap about. Well, just rap about what you did yesterday. Well, <laughs> yeah. I got off of work and got in my car. Went to the park with some sneakers on, dribbled the ball, and made a shot. Oh man, look, that's two and zero oh, or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it just it's and it sounds so bad, like quality-wise. Not even commenting on the uh, quality of the performance, but this this to me is like the worst thing that Jet Set Radio's soundtrack could have possibly been. Yes, for asking a Japanese composer to make a hip-hop song because <laughs> with Hero you have like the most common horn hits that you've heard yeah. in like you know Casio keyboards and you have the funky drummer right James Brown. like the most overused drum sample um, you have just these awful rap vocals and a lot of them aren't even on beat it's just like <laughs> I mean I mean the guy is on beat enough but the other ones that they throw in are just like yeah yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, for an arcade game, they were trying to attract you know as much people, so they, they threw in these oh, yeah. loud, loud noises. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. Um, it's very funny. It's, it's, I'm it's glad nice. that it exists. Yeah, I know. It's it's nice to hear Funky Drummer in a Japanese video game about basketball. So that's all we got that for you. At least, so. aren't you glad you did our show today? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of music like this. I haven't heard this one, but there, but like around the time, like I want to say with like Neo Geo and, and Turbo Graphics, they started getting more adventurous with having rap vocals and like bad fighting games, yes, bad sports games. But they didn't have the budget Actually, for yeah. a good lyricists. Even on, like on the Genesis, like the the, the like the NBA. The EA games were getting more and more heavily into sampling their drums, and so you'd start trying to hear them cram these really low bit drum loops onto the cartridge. And a lot of times, like the clock speed of the synthesizer didn't match up with like the tempo of the drum beat. It didn't really always match up that well. Um, so at least this one fit together. <laughs> um, although the uh, definitely the vocal sample was very very low bit and. Maybe it was chopped up. I like to think that he was a good rapper, but they had, they had to chop up his voice to fit I mean, in like different like memory blocks, you know. And here's then, what I think honestly <laughs> happened. Yeah, I think that they had him that this was actually rapped at a higher pitch, mm. and they pitched it down because you know they used to do that with uh, to uh, to improve the what is it the 
memory the sample takes up, they would pitch a sound up so that it would be technically shorter. Then they would have the hardware of the game pitch it down. Uh, so it could have been, you know, a guy, hit the blacktop, pop, and then you, but you slow it down twice and it's hit the blacktop, hip hop. Guy probably sounds... listening to it is like, I sound like that! That's great! <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, that's another uh, technical challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just adds to the the charm of this wonderful track. <laughs> and it also showed me that we had to do like a random thing. That we had to do like a clean rap contest. <laughs> the clean rap contest. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So I think we're on to your, uh, your second track. So what do you got for okay, us? Um, do I get two? Uh, do you get, yeah, two. We're, we're, we're going to do just two tracks, and then we'll end on our um, our bonus um, cover or arranged track. Okay, well, um, I was going to do uh, Hip D Hop from Shinmu, but I'm just going to briefly say that song is bad. <laughs> I think I think that, just like Friday Brother, kind of represents, like, well, we don't know how to make rap music, but we're going to throw all this stuff together. See? That- he had the same idea! <laughs> See? You, you wanted to have that weird example just like this weird is what example. you don't want and, and i didn't, didn't yeah. even think about it i'll tell you what i'm gonna throw it into the uh, the weekly mixtape just sure just that just to do it so but for the uh for my second track i do want to play the street fighter third strike main theme oh, yeah. by uh infinite mm. one of my favorites <laughs>
live it. Now you see and realize you never could survive it. You're dealing with cold blooded assassinators. Decapitate your body, let it grow for alligators. You need it for your power over here, it's much greater. It's either you push start or try again later. It's all about the confidence, but they don't cater. You got no time to talk to the plane haters. I guess one fly kick will leave your body critical. Talk about real street dogs and big criminals. Got you helpless on the way to the finish. But you can practice, come back and get with it. You can't block my hits, the sky's no limit. Anything distance, y'all, to infinite. Make the first move, so what's the more fit? Trapped in a new world, a street by the The third chapter, so what's it gonna be? The trapped in a new world, a street by the Make your first move, so what's it gonna be? The trapped in a new world, a street by the The third chapter, so what's it gonna be? The trapped in a new world, a street by the tree. Make your first move, so what's it gonna be? The trapped in a new world, a street by the tree. Fight for the future, so what's it gonna be? The third strike, you on the street by the tree. Make your first move, so what's it gonna be? The trapped in a new world, a street by the tree. Fight for the future, so what's it gonna be? The third strike, you on the street by the tree. God, I love that song. That is the theme of Street Fighter III Third Strike for the arcade, composed by Infinite Hideki and Hideki Okugawa. Ah, thank you so much for bringing this on the show. Yeah, it's one of the best video game songs ever, I think. I think because so, Because it's a good song in its own right. Like, I would totally, and have, just played that in my car, or like when I'm going out. Um and it mentions the game so much. It mentions specific things about the game, mm-hmm. like that that it's well, you know. Even though Street Fighter Three is not a new world at this point, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he says it, I believe it. Yes. So, <laughs> there's there's something about like no, this is different this time. It, We're making a statement with this music, um, and everything. Yeah. Like the whole Third Strike soundtrack was very much like okay. We know that like young Americans who love hip hop are the ones playing this game, um, so we're gonna cater to that. And they do it with this like very very well arranged like a mix of J pop and hip hop that has like these synths and these guitar samples working really harmoniously. Yes. Um, yeah. Along with this great this great rap and the great um, female vocalist adding like just the right amount of extra flavor. That might just be a sample, actually. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's. Very, very good song. Yeah, it's extremely good. I, I, you're right that it's it's a good mixture of like that kind of like rap, almost like posturing of like you know you're about to get shot, but at the same time like he's still saying like you know you're gonna fight to be the, at the top and um, yeah and this is the uh, the fight for the future. Fu- future. And you pick pick the best one. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even even during the uh, the, the 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 character selection, there's a whole separate song for that too. Yeah, it's uh, let's get it on. Come on, pick your best one. That's that's that. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, I mean, you usually don't have, like, such, there's a sound to video game rap so often where it's just like, okay, it's this again. Um, and that might be because of, like, it's an impersonal sample, or they just got someone who's not professional to do the rap. Um, but with this guy, you could sense that he, like, really understood the spirit of, like, people playing a fighting game together. Right. 
and like you said the posturing and how rap's posturing that rap already has fits so well into the fighting game scene already like you don't even have to do anything yeah to make this work <laughs> for a fighting video game it's one of those tracks where I feel like I almost wish it was an actual fighting level instead of just the intro because <laughs> people like to skip the intro. You don't even get to hear this. You're like, oh my god! It's yeah. like almost like how Mega Man yeah. 3's intro was like no. the best track of the game. I, I it's never the one skip. that doesn't play during it. I never skip yeah, this pe- track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People definitely uh, know this song. It comes up on the results screen as well. Yes, oh, wow. uh, like an instrumental version of it. But the the stage music for this game is also good. Yeah. I ended up picking this one just because it has a prominent rap, but. All the music has kind of this style. Some of it's more electronic, but Didn't all I, of it usually has vocals. Yeah, it's very. We, we played some of the the music on the show before because I'm a huge fan of jungle and drum and bass music. And I think like oh, a yeah. couple episodes ago, I did like well, Snowfield was from this game, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Snowlander. That was the Moscow and um, and uh, yeah, the Moscow stage. That's Necro and, and yeah. Twelve, um, which is a really has a really old school. Um, jungle sound to it where like the, the bass sound is just like a like that 808 kick drum like pitched all the way down it's just rumbles. Yeah. it's super cool it's interesting that uh that the jungle sound i feel like people like hip-hop fans heard that and probably didn't exactly know where it came from like mm-hmm. you hear the same breaks oh yeah but they might have just thought it was some weird thing that the composer thought up because the drum and bass was never hugely popular over here uh, but I think that it has, like, its appearance in games like this has formed, like, a connection with drum and bass and hip hop. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a, a early like. I always felt like, especially because of like, the, the samples that are used, and um, I think now, um, like, how there's a big, um, not a big movement of like the lo-fi hip hop, but I feel like that kind of chilled out hip hop sound mixed with really mellow jazzy. Um, samples from like old jazz records and and, um, uh, and those kinds of sounds like that has been happening with drum and bass for a, a very long time too it's just a little bit more than twice the tempo um, mm-hmm. and it, but yeah never really I mean I guess it was popular in the states for a really short time like in the early 2000s but uh, but this game really embraced it I remember how this game was divisive um, for my friends who were into fighting games. So they, they were like, oh, I don't like the characters. They look really strange. And I was like, but the music's great, right? It's a whole lot of cool rap music. And they're like, oh, I hate rap music. And I wish it wasn't like that. Um, a lot I, of people consider this like one of the best fighting games. So I think it did. Yes. I don't know if the term is to age well, but I think that the uh, the pixel art in this game is still like, I hold it up there with uh, you know some other Neo Geo games like yeah. Metal Slug and Samurai Showdown 2. Mm. as just being incredibly fluid like the characters just look unreal to this day yeah it's it's really impressive it was a very nice game in general like i know <clears throat> i'm not good at fighters per se but i have a game crew up north that are big in the fighting games and street fire three third impact is a big one that gets rotation up oh, yeah. there when they have their meetups and i guess the logic that i came across when i remember talking hearing them talking about it is that it is probably it's hard to say compared to Street Fighter Five, but it's like probably the most technical Street Fighter game that yes. they ever did. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm not good at fighting games, but I had to get a little good at Third Strike just so I could <laughs> hear the music. <laughs> Definitely, so you can hear that's, all the. That's stages. honestly, yeah, that's honestly uh, my motivation. I like this gun. Here, see, <laughs> that was me with Guilty Gear too. Like I, yeah. I'm horrible at those kinds of games. But Daisuke Ishiwatari, I'm tired. Ishiwatari, yeah. Oh, thank heavens! <laughs> Don't kill me. Um, 
like basically the music he put out for that game and the style of the game was just so spectacular to me that I was like, mm-hmm. I got to figure this game out because yeah. if I'm going to listen to the music, I got to play the game well. And if I'm playing, I'm not going to get mud stomped by everybody that comes along. Yeah. Again, that heavy metal sound you're drawn to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right, so we're on to your next track for now. All right, this is a tough call. Yeah, but you have a, you chose a bunch. This is true. One or two. One. All right, so hopefully this is the good one then. Um, I picked from a game called The Blob 2. Um, it was on PS3 and Xbox 360, I think. And the track I'm going to go with here is called The Roll and Bounce, and it's composed by John Goosecott.
Welcome back. You're listening to The Roll and Bounce from the game De Blob 2, composed by John Gustav. The game that I am glad I got a chance to play because it got advertised on an episode of Psych, which led me to actually want to try it out, and holy cow, was I, just, I pleased. I just rewatched a lot of that show. Was it like later season? I don't remember which season. It was a while back since I watched the episode, but it was just an episode where Sean was wearing a De Blob t-shirt in oh. the office. And I'm like, De Blob? I remember about that game. Now I want to try it because clearly I am a sucker for commercial, for consumerism. And the end result was a very unique game that aside from those random advertisements, I think he got advertised on Chuck also, but huh. it didn't get a lot of talk or press from the gaming community. And it turned out that this game is a, has a, it's very unique and has a nice little flair to it. So the idea is that you live in a society where a baron, I would just call him, usurped the world's color. So it's a black and white dystopia. Mm. And you, the blob, show up and recolorize the world. And the more you colorize district, the music starts out very bland and like morose, like like the, like the track that like, like this track starts off like really kind of yeah. It just sounds like very just dystopian, just miserable. <laughs> and the more color you inject into the world, the more upbeat it gets. Hmm. And it's like you're bringing the soul back to the community. So this was like, this was this this track that we heard, that we just heard, is like the soul, the funk back into the into the world. Yeah, once you hmm. recolorize districts, this will kick is like, bip, wham, oh, I like wham, that. Wham, and all the citizens are all happy and dancing. Yeah. It's just, it's quality, man. This is quality stuff. Yeah, that had a funky step to it. That was just like, like, I feel like really this danced to that. Like, I feel like this definitely still works for the episode. Like, I could have been more for a funk episode, but you know, you know, I like it. I wanted to hear it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> what do yeah. you think? I want to say that uh, they're probably using the same like sample sources that the video game hip hop producers are using. The difference is that they're using it to recreate like a funk song, whereas the hip hop producers are using it to imitate sampling. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, um, while we were listening to it, it sounds like something someone would sample and. Yeah, I think that, like, for example, if I have a horn loop, um, like a brass section, and I'm making a hip-hop song, I'm going to chop it up and make it, like, a little more sounding like I ripped it from somewhere. Right. Whereas in this song, they're just playing it straight like a a band recorded track. Right. Right. Like, they, they, they wanted to make that full... Like, like, like they were emulating those... The same kind of like funk, like dance tracks that then you know a, a sample, you know a producer would then sample and go back and maybe chop up some of the, the beat or even just maybe some of that bass. Um, but then you'd be missing out on that awesome like keyboard sound that sounds like he's saying mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I, really yeah, like I think that. I I think I have that sound. I like that a lot. Yeah, but like this is definitely one of those games where I feel like more people, I wish more people would give it a shot and just give the music a chance. Like, honestly, this composer, outside this game, I have not heard of this guy doing anything. I don't know if he does do anything. He could have just been the guy that just got his start there and then moved on to something completely different. I don't know. Maybe like an in house composer situation. That is true. And it's possible. Like, hey, you want to earn some extra money? Yes. (laughs) Show us your musical cut. Show us your musical prowess. I don't know. Do it. Okay, well, here's what I got. And then he discovered he had talent. So I'm going to bring this back around to the Dreamcast. How about that? 
Hey, nothing wrong with Dreamcast. Anything Dreamcast is alright with me. Right, so this is a, a Japanese-only game. It's called Atsumare Guru Guru Onsen for the Sega Dreamcast. It's like a. It looks. It looks like a collection of like mini games, like board games and stuff. Hmm. Board games, dice games, card games, and you play against certain people. Um, there's a long, long list of composers on this game. So. But it doesn't tell you which composers were credited for which tracks. So I picked the track that sounded most like Hideki Naganuma, who worked on Jet Set Radio. Okay. This one's called The Theme of JJ, and it's, I believe, the composer is Hideki Naganuma. This is the theme of JJ from Atsumare Guru Guru Onsen for the Sega Dreamcast, and I believe composed by Hideki Naganuma. He, he is listed as one of the six or seven composers on this game, and to me this sounds a lot very similar to Jet Set Radio, um, and so I wanted to wanted to play this track because it's it's got that that kind of mix of that kind of fun funky drummer situation, um, but with that cool vocal track. But then it breaks down into like some kind of some kind of funky soul, like a uh, jazz jazzy kind of breakdown with those keyboards and stuff, and then the horns come in. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on in this track. What, what do you think so, of this one? Yeah, so um, Hideki Naganuma actually has a side project called Skank Funk, mm. which is much more like stuff sounding like this. So he oh. has a lot of this, um, and he can like people who only know him from like Jet Set Radio, Sonic Rush. Um, think that he works mostly with samples, but he does have like a lot of experience with like these brighter, uh, poppier like keyboard sounds and and uh, like a different kind of funk, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is this is definitely uh, more more in line with that part of his work. I really like it though, like the sunny, funky pop. Worth asking, by the way. So, what? Like, did you did you play the Sonic um, Sonic Rush games? And if you did, what was your what did you think of the music from those? 
Uh, so I haven't actually played them, but I've listened to the soundtrack a lot. And I uh, personally, um, what is it called? Vela Nova is my favorite Hideki Naganuma song. Like it's, overall? Uh, the, yes. Nice. Yes. It's, it's the one that goes uh, step by step. Mm. It's, it, it has uh, a sound like... I think I could kind of relate to that you mentioned because... I feel like I want to say my favorite Naganuma track is also from that game, and it's probably mm-hmm. Ethno Circus. Um, it mm-hmm. plays like in the Egyptian pyramid level. As, as the beat to that track is just oh, it's glorious. Mm-hmm. Like that's driving music right there. Um, and it was awesome that it was him that composed for that game because that OST is so unlike Sonic music that it's not even funny, and yet it paved the way. It paved the direction for like a brand new style of Sonic. Like mm. after that game, I associated that style with Sonic games, even though what aside from the, Rush Adventure, it never came back. Sonic Rush. What was that style? Like Hideki Naganuma stuff. Like oh, oh, I thought you were talking about the game, the games, the gameplay style. You're talking about the musical style. The musical style, yeah. Because you figure up until that point, aside from the Genesis games, we were just getting out of the Dreamcast era, which was all Jun Sonoe, right? Which was basically all rock music and living late. Rush 20 or whatever it's called. Or, oh, yeah. God. That's not to crush. Rush 40. Crush oh, 40. Yeah. I call it Rush 20. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when I dip out of Sonic music, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I, I respect it for what it is. It's very positive, like, very fun. I but. like that people... I like that there's like a whole other generation of Sonic fans where like that is what they think yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. I like that it was able to get... But it's just not for me. <laughs> no, uh, me too. Oh, believe me, like I'm there. Like there's definitely Sonic tracks I like Sonic Adventure tracks I dig, like Green Forest and whatnot. But I feel like when this track, this this game came along, I was like, thank you for this because I didn't expect it. I didn't know I wanted it. But oh, baby, did I want this? And I am glad it is there. Like <laughs> it's it's not the Genesis revival and it's not the Dreamcast games, but it's something so much more and fantastic. <laughs> Well, I'm going to turn the track down, and we're going to get into the part of the show that Pernell and I call the bonus round. Bonus! Bonus round! (laughs) Bonus round. Bonus round. (laughs) (laughs) So the bonus round is the part of the show where we play um, covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme, and we asked uh, Tumelo to bring a track in this theme or one of his own tracks to, to play for the show. So what do you have for us? I have, oh gosh, what's it actually called? Because I, I submitted it. I submitted it as a different title. My, and, uh, Lena changed it. Uh, just call it my masterpiece. No, uh, I think it's just called Mirror Temple, Mirror Magic Mix. That's what uh, I have from down, yeah. from the game Celeste. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Mirror Temple, the Mirror Magic Mix from Too Mellow, which is the B-side of Level 5, the Mirror Temple, in the game Celeste, which you can get on PS4 and Switch and Steam and all those places. So the the, the, the B-side remixes of... Of the st- so the stages are the hard versions of the real stage, but then you start playing it, and the music is a remix of the original song, and they're all very different from the original songs. So how, how did how did they approach you with this, and what was what was your approach to the music? Uh, so Lena is a friend of mine, um, and we do a lot of stuff together. We're going to do stuff together in the future, which I can't talk about. Haha. Uh, and. Um, <laughs> She basically took like, what is it, seven? I think there's seven of us because she does the final one, maybe. Um, mm. Seven remixers to uh, to do our own takes, and we didn't. I didn't really get any direction except talking a little bit about the Mirror Temple and the way she came to me with it was. Uh, well, I was thinking a lot about Chrono Trigger when I did this one. Oh wow! So yeah. and since you've remixed those tracks before, I thought I would give this one to you. Um, so. Yeah, I, d- I didn't really know like how anybody else was going to go with it. I hadn't heard anyone else's tracks. Um, but I'm, I'm also friends with uh, Crystal Lee, who did Level 3, and we kind of traded off a little bit. But nice. otherwise, I was completely uh, in the dark about what it was going to be like. So what I did was take the piano part, mm-hmm. which was almost all of Mirror Temple, is like these uh, creepy pads and like yeah. this piano. It's very like almost scary. Yes. Or it at least feels dark and kind of dreary, but it's beautiful. It's it's actually my favorite song in the game. Um, and yeah, just taking the piano alone, I started to build this track around it. Um, and I'm not like bashful about saying that it's probably one of the best songs I've ever made. Uh, if, if not the best, like I feel very good about it uh, and how it just came about naturally. I wish I could say more about how it was planned, but I kind of just started making it. And um, starting from the very beginning and going through in a progression, which I almost never do. You know, I usually write a part that's going to be like two minutes in and then I build up to that mm-hmm. or something similar. But with this one, I literally started with the piano and those drums and that synth solo at the beginning. Um, and the, the way that it progresses to me, it sounded like some... Like the way you would approach a boss battle in my my dream jazzy funky game <laughs> that will never get made. Yeah. Um, of just like it's not like the big angry horns and heavy orchestral drums that that most games would show you when you're uh, facing up against something very difficult. But I I just wanted it to sound like something big is about to happen. Right. But not necessarily in a it's in a, because everything you do in Celeste is Madeline's own choice. Uh, it's not something that's like necessarily being forced upon her. It's something she's taken on herself. So I think it's very important to make stuff not sound as menacing mm-hmm. and sound more inspiring. Um, mm. So I was thinking about that, even though I did not know very much about the game. I did know about like its non-violent nature and uh, that it was about pursuing something rather than being chased. Definitely. Except for that one part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just teasing. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's still it's ch- chasing herself. It's a metaphor for now. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, no, that's great, though, because when, when this track came on and, and knowing that 
it's playing during a section of the game where the difficulty is pretty intense. Um, mm-hmm. It's really nice having a, a, a track that you can kind of like fall into, and it doesn't doesn't like get your blood boiling as heavily. And so yeah. you, you're not. I don't know. I, I tend to make mistakes when I get kind of stressed out. So it's nice. It's nice to have that. And um, it's a really of, nice. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I've been uh, game or the soundtrack is very popular on YouTube uh, <sighs> to the point where and Spotify to the point where people start have started approaching me saying like I found you via this which nice. is big yeah because usually it's usually it's the Chrono Trigger remix um, and they have a, a lot of people have been saying there was one particularly like eloquent and detailed comment that was like when I first heard this song I was turned off I was like why is this in one of the hard levels mm-hmm. like I don't understand but like the more they played it they realized that it was actually they couldn't stop listening to it and it yeah. was the it being matched with all this challenging stuff made sure that they never like lost their cool yeah and Theater. i thought that was really interesting now, uh, i was gonna say on the flip side of that maxo's remix on the first stage is insane mm-hmm. it's like it's good uh, and it's yeah. crazy like as maxo's music generally is but wow yeah it's probably it's probably the most hyper song in the entire game. <laughs> yeah like i can say it's that it makes sense in that regard too because i play a lot of cha- like difficult platformers in yeah. general because i just like that i like the frustration of, i'm gonna get it get it yeah this next one <laughs> but there's something to be said about a game that's challenging but the music like, i don't want the music to be like you say sleep inducing which yours is not thank god it's good stuff like but it's good <laughs> to have a track that is not doesn't feel draining and by draining i mean like you mentioned earlier it's still intense that you're always on edge but since you're repeating the section yeah. so much like emotionally draining yeah, yeah. it just yeah. breaks down like i can't do this anymore i'm done whereas something like this you feel like it brings you into the environment and you don't feel so agitated when you fail you're just more like all right one more go all right one more go yeah and it's still i guess you would call it epic maybe um it feels like sweeping like it's trying to get you somewhere um it doesn't it's not like a laid-back jazz track exactly you know it has that big powerful stream uh in the horns it has these elements that kind of push you on it's still driving but not manic mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> another thing um and i wanted to talk about the uh like an unintentional aspect is that huh. the mirror temple um, switches up in the like maybe seventy five percent way of the way through. Yes, um, you actually do enter like a mirror world where you find the monster, and the same thing happens in the B side. Um, and I noticed, I felt like the mirror temple level got a little extra love because there's kind of a sound effect that plays when that transition happens that mm-hmm. is in tune with the melody. And when you're lighting the lanterns by touching them within the mirror temple. Uh, all the sounds that those make are on key. So because of that, my remix, um, because I stayed on the same key as Lena's song, all those things still match with my remix. Oh, and right. I was really happy with that. I didn't even think of that. But like, cause when you're playing it, you're yeah. just like, you're so focused. But I probably mm-hmm. just assumed it was just still part of <laughs> part of the production. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That, that I, was, I was very nervous as I, because I actually <laughs> played the game in order. 
So I got through the B-sides of one through four before I even heard mine. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> uh, so there was a, there was a lot of buildup. Uh, yeah, I did everything in order. I didn't proceed to another level until I had the Crystal Heart and all the strawberries in the B-side. Oh, Wait, so you um, did like the A-side and the B-side of one level and then the A-side and the B-side of the second yep. level? Oh, jeez. Yep. I thought it was a good, it was a good like relax and tension pattern actually. I could imagine like, that being like rain like crazy though because like you do like the main side. I did the B side of the first stage. It's the only B side I've done, and the challenge ramp up yeah. from the original to the B is crazy. So I could imagine going level one, level one B side, and then going back to basic two <laughs> and being like, eh, this is a, this is a well, joke. It's, yeah, but uh, getting the strawberries was also challenging, yes. especially in level three. Uh, with the ground that, like, once you stand on it, it becomes uninhabitable. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, they they played with that very well. That was that was a really good play with it. There was a there was a bug on the PlayStation Four version, or at least on some of the PlayStation Fours, that that would glitch out, and so I had to wait a while to actually complete that stage all the way through mm. um, because it would crash the game. It was really a weird audio thing. Um, yeah, I see. But no, it's really cool to hear the background of this track. Uh, um, yeah, this this game has meant a lot to me because I just I, I just, just popped it in and I immediately fell into it. Yeah, and um, I just tore through this the story as as much as I could before going into the B sides because it it was just uh, I don't know I just I wanted to see what was going to happen and how Madeline was kind of was going to you know get to the top because yeah, she had being... to get to the top <laughs> at that point I was invested she had to do it. Yeah the. The investment, the level of investment through, like, the last two-ish levels yes. is amazing. Uh, the, this story really kicks up, whereas before it's just been a conversation now and then it becomes completely intertwined. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been, like, really amazing being involved with Celeste, because not only is it, like, uh, still helping everyone out financially, um, it is also... Just like this huge game for me, the best game of the year so far, and kind of like a reigning hope for indie games, which are otherwise having a tough, tough year. I have um, to agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, yeah. Like I remember yeah. when I first heard of this game was on one of those Nintendo. I want to say it was a Nintendo Direct, and they were saying, "Here are the mm-hmm. games we've got coming up." Yeah. And you know how Nintendo gets their general hate mail, where it's like, "Oh, these games don't even look good." Where are the quality games? And Celeste was on that trailer, and I do reviews for a podcast. And I was like, dude, I don't know what the Celeste game is, but can we get that? That looks interesting. But mm-hmm. my friends were like giving me the mock She was like, why do you care about that game? It's like, it just looks good. I don't know how to explain it. And it's like you said, like this game dropped, mm-hmm. and it came out around at the time where like, I feel like people weren't even really talking it up even when it released. It's almost like the public hyped it itself. Like reviews started coming in and saying yeah. it was a good game, but it was standing up on its own. It was standing up on its own. Right. Yeah, like there was no hype train. It was just a game yeah. that people received and loved. Yeah, I, I, it, yeah. to me, it looked like the game that was going to be for me. You know, and that was that was perfect. Celeste has sold so well on the Nintendo Switch that uh, Madeline is like the icon for indie games. Oh, that's great <laughs> on the on the store. I love seeing it. Oh, just wow. knowing that I'm a part of it. Oh, I love that, and I am yeah. glad to hear that it worked out that way. Like. The Switch has just yeah. been good for those in general. Like I heard, there's a game I like called you ever, you ever called Blossom Tales, mm-hmm. um, the Sleeping King. Yes, that yeah. game is spectacular, and I played it on the PC at one point. And the game apparently sold for Bupkis on there. Like it was like the studio mm-hmm. was in big trouble, 
and then I guess they got a release for the Switch, and the publisher outright came out and said, or the developer came out and said, the, the release of this game on the Nintendo Switch saved our company. Like, the sales were very good. And I feel like they're, like, it's, I think I feel like maybe there needs to be, like, more situations like that because the games are quality. It's just people don't want to give them the chance that they need. And maybe systems like that are where they'll get their chance to shine. Because they deserve the praise. Like, Celeste is spectacular, and it deserves to be... It deserves to be in the mix with the AAA games. In itself, it just makes it that much better because it costs nowhere near as much as those games did, but it provided such a grand experience that it just proves that you don't need to have that big budget behind the product to make it shine. Now, just people who are dedicated uh, uh, to the, their creative work. Yes. I think that's huge. And I'm very excited to hear that you have a project coming up with Lena in the future. So yeah. I'm going to keep an eye out for that. You don't have to... I won't really want it, but I'm just happy to hear that's happening. It's it's uh, yeah, it's even more than a project. It's going to be a lot. Oh yeah, great! I'm, I'm very excited yeah, for it. I'm excited now too. I want to ask before we forget because we've done this whole episode almost, and we never even got to asking. You love Jet Set Radio, and that's been your magnum opus, as you talked about on the show. But what are some other games that you say you get into? You're a huge fan of, or play either past or present. Well, I plan to. Uh, kind of do the same thing I did with Jet Set Radio, the soundtrack for um, a lot of the games that inspired me the most. Um, and the other ones I would say uh, be able to name off are the Silent Hill series. Yes, man! And, <laughs> and um, Katamari. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Those are like huge musically, but also just as like what a game should be. Like Silent Hill 2 has so many interesting um, psychological ideas with how it um, like monitors the player and it's the it's like an incredible work of art in writing where you know games I feel like with writing so much uh, it just needs to be adequate <laughs> you know if you can say it's like a movie you know like a blockbuster that's like an, an accolade but with Silent Hill 2 it's like more more in depth than some novels I've read. Yeah. Everything is so strange and everything in the environment uh, lends itself to promoting that story. And Katamari is just the ultimate joy of playing a game mm-hmm. to me. Uh, <laughs> it's the kind of feeling that I want to chase. Like not I don't I'm not the kind of person who wants to grind through Halo in the legendary mode. I just want to roll a ball and be carefree. Yeah. And listen to good music. You want to um, pick up paper clips and eventually pick up townspeople. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the games that I might not do an ode to, but have also been inspiring are Corona Trigger, which I guess I already did kind of ode to that one, mm-hmm. and uh, Super Metroid, which was probably my first, the first big game that I played that made me realize games were more than just Mario. Yes, Super Metroid was a glorious game. I never owned, well, I owned it now, but as a teenager, I always rented it. And it was a game that was like an experience and then some for me. I played it uh, through like the church lending room. (laughs) They had a Super Nintendo. So I would always race there and try to play that before uh, the other kids played some lame game. See, I get... Like Tetris 2. I get this guy. For me, that was the Salvation Army. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just wanting to go to like a communal 
uh, SNES and play a single player game is not a very good experience. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's as immersive as Super Metroid is. But I eventually got uh, a Super Nintendo, and that was the first game I went after. You always had the kids over your shoulder, like, come on, I'll play some else. Yeah. Maybe I should yeah, play Persona 5 next, and I should play Super Metroid, because I've never done this one. <laughs> Honestly, if you chose Super Metroid, I wouldn't even be mad, <laughs> because it's yep. that good. It's very easy for me to say that Super Metroid is better than Persona 5. I'll have to go with it. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. It's, well, well, I mean, I mean, obviously, they're, they're, different. they're different games. you got to remember something. Right. There is the idea of the Metroidvania, which has become milked to high holy heck at this mm-hmm. point. And Metroid was the inspiration for that concept. And Super Metroid is, to this day, the epitome of the Metroid series. And it's a including mixture the primes and all that. of Metroid and Dance Mania. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dancing, you, know, you have to pretty much shoot to the beat. Right. You know... I like that. Yeah, the Metroidvania genre is much heavily leaning towards uh, Metroid Mm -hmm. than Vania. Yes, (laughs) usually. And honestly, I am 100% cool with that Mm. because Metroid is what I really wanted to come in for. The Vania was more so like, hey, you know. Actually, I think about it. It's funny that that is the case because what really was the Vania? Because Um, I think leveling... But that's, and, well, I think but that's the thing, though. The fact that they, they did Symphony of the Night was just the fact that it was in the Castlevania series with a Metroid style. And that's, that must be it, then. It's weird. Because, yeah, because, yeah, like, yeah, the Vania is only the atmosphere because the leveling up and all was only was new to that game, too. Well, you kind of so did that. So it was synonymous with Castlevania. Simon's Quest had some leveling, right? No. no. Simon's Quest had upgrades for your equipment, but no leveling up. So it really... Yeah, you would just have the whip lengths. Yes. Uh, before that. Yeah, so it was like they like they created a brand new style of game to go with the Metroid stylings, and they were like, we'll call it a Metroidvania. But the Vania was that. It wasn't a Vania. It was new to that <laughs> game. But I never even thought about that till today. I don't know <laughs> You just never thought. Yeah, it's, it, it must be because if you weren't familiar with Metroid, then maybe you were familiar with Symphony of the Night. Right. And moving forward, they just wanted to bring those two games together. Um, so to avoid saying, oh, it's like a Metroid or, oh, it's like a Castlevania because both of those are kind of unclear. That makes sense. But when you put them together, it's like, okay, you've got Super Metroid and Symphony of the Night. You got a meaty peanut butter and honey sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Uh, Purnell. Yes, Alistair. (laughs) Doing that joke again. I'm going to do it forever. It's the best joke. What is your bonus round track? Well... I'm not going to lie. I originally had one in mind, and I'll, I'll say the name of it because I feel like I want to still give it press or something. Um, it was by Rozzy K, and it was called P-Switch Flip. Definitely an interesting one to check out. But for the sake of the episode and the fact that I Rob heard it and he really wanted me to get this on the episode, and frankly, I love this track, which is why I originally suggested it, I'm going to go with one of my first um, realizations of rap in video games, and that's from an old friend named Parappa the Rapper. Um, this track is probably my favorite one from the first game, and is the Bathroom Rat. It is composed by Masaya Matsura, and it is weird but fun. And we should also mention Prappa is, uh, the, ra- the voice is Dread Fox, Chop Chop Sui is Ryu Watabe, and Sandra Williams is Instructor Mussolini. <laughs> I don't know who the, um, the chicken, the chicken is, though. She's in the kitchen. 
She's making good, all the sounds. Well, let, let's get into the bathroom song. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, that that's the full song. Is the this is life part is that's the full song. <laughs> it's there's just something like Parappa was a weird thing when it came out. So is musically sound, the lyrics are all just random statements <laughs> to the beat. And you're almost laughable at the time. You're like, why am I rapping? What is he talking about? And yet it worked in such a way that it became iconic. You, I can sing these songs at karaoke and smile about it, yeah. even though I'm pretty much talking about how I need to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and I'm saying things that are essentially, open the door, now close the door. Like It's <laughs> like Parappa is pretty much Will Smith rap in a game, mm. and it's, it's just glorious. Like I don't know. Um, I think this was the first rhythm game I played. I think it might be. It's the first rhythm game that... Pretty much everyone played like because Beat Mania was the first first, but 
beat me and didn't come out here yeah. for a, a like even like imported machines for ages. But what? Parappa was like the thing when it came out, I was like like reviewers were like, in Japan there's this genre of game, but we finally got a taste in the form of this. And it was I'm glad this was our first impression well, of the I remember genre. I remember renting a bunch of games. We rented Resident Evil Two and this on the same night. And we put this in, and I was like, this is very different. <laughs> this is the game. Resident <laughs> Evil, is... forget that. Well, yeah, we got definitely got stuck in on this one. Mm. Like, yeah, did... it's challenging for them to uh, not only have this still be an early rhythm game, but to take on the idea of like making a a verse of rap stitched together in a way that like every button would activate a word or a mm. phrase. And it's still... It's still hard. Like it doesn't really make sense uh, because the game, you know, will will respond like if you're supposedly rapping cool, but perhaps it sounds like a robot. Whereas if you do it more naturally, the game can be like, oh no, you're off. Yep. Yeah, that's right. pretty rough. Because when you listen to this, this is like this is the full mix of the song. Right. And, and so he's it's just the verse. Yeah, and his his uh, his his vocals are a little a little off the grid, you know. So it's got a little swing to it. Which you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to do in the game because then it would count you as bad. I know. Yeah. It was eventually got to the point where I just started treating it like I was scratching a record, and that was how I was able to even get cool ratings. Because like it's like you said earlier, when you try to do it on the point, the game's right. like, no, that's not right. We don't <laughs> want that. You might be lucky to not get rain to come down from the sky and get bad ratings. But if you're like, crick, 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 fix the door, you know, it is like, uh. M, 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 X, the flower into the bowl. And that was like, cool. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. well, scratch a record. The first and second verse, I'll just repeat to right. a beat and then say the last verse. And it works. I think that's time. why Um Jammer yeah. Lammy also sounded really good, too, because you weren't just using the vocal sounds, you're using the guitar sounds. So if you were kind of crazy with it, it's like, oh, okay, it's a guitar. You know, you're just kind of going nuts on it. Um Jammer Lammy was just bizarre. Like, I will say to this day, the thing that made me realize how that game wanted you to play averse to like how it actually lines up is mm-hmm. the the level where you're um, playing against the caterpillar. Yes, and like that the, was crazy. Like a, like the first verse will be like twenty X's in succession. Like X X X X X X X, and that's what they expected you to do. But it like did it did it did it. But I get the cool guy did did it it did it it did it did. Like I would skip stuff intentionally and try to get a flow going, and that was how I got my score rating. Not sure if that was just the game being poor at scoring you. Oh, you're actually getting decent scores by oh, that was doing your own rhythm. Yeah, that was how I did everything. <laughs> I stopped playing to the the actual lettering and just like, okay, here's where the they want me to press this button somewhere, mm. but I'm going to do it to my own beat to make it sound good. Yeah, and it worked. Whereas if I try to do it the way the game more related, I would do terribly and usually fail. It's hard to explain. Mm. Yeah, it's very frustrating for me as a musician. <laughs> or because like trying to have the freestyle, or the fact that they made you wanted they wanted you to do it exactly the way they did, and it just didn't take ever. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I feel like the way that uh, they want you to do it is not the most musical way, or not even appropriate sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would well, you feel as though you'd like to mm-hmm. see them try to bring this style back in present day and maybe improve on, or you think it's kind of past its prime? Uh, I would. Um, I think the technology is a lot better now, but I do have to say that um, when they tried to do the Rap Rabbit Kickstarter, mm-hmm. that was uh, like the creators of I think Guitar Man and um, this like little franchise coming together. Um, I was not at all impressed with anything I was seeing from that. 
Like, what were they offering? Because I didn't even know there was a Kickstarter. Okay, yeah, there was a Kickstarter for this game called Project Rap Rabbit that was um, said to do, like, a dynamic exchange of vocals, more like a rap battle uh, than, like, a repeat-after-me thing. Mm -hmm. But their mistake was launching a Kickstarter in 2017 without any, like, gameplay footage or anything just words and pictures Uh. and it's very hard like not only as cynicism grows but as the quality of kickstarters you see grows it i think they must have seen um like the yu suzuki doing the shinmu thing they must have seen igarashi doing the bloodstained ritual of the night like all these japanese creators uh coming to kickstarter with like hey this is the game we actually wanted to make um and of course, Mighty Number no. Nine, but they kind of didn't take into account that just having the creators' names was not enough. Right. And I just feel like they didn't have enough game or enough concept, and it was all promises. And there wasn't even any music, which I think is the biggest. Hey, you know, because that's that's not so hard to put together for right. a Kickstarter. And it's a music game. Yeah. Yeah. So why that was the thing that just killed me. I don't think I even backed it amazingly, um, just because I. They just had nothing. I have to agree with you there, wholeheartedly. If you can't, if you don't have anything to show for, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay on a promise. Yeah, um, in Kickstarters, that's all they ever are is a promise. But uh, there is something about you don't necessarily have to have gameplay footage, but just give me a, a clear idea of what you're going for. Mm-hmm. And it was even for like one that just had words. It was bad. It was all wishy washy. Mm. Yeah. Well, for my bonus round track, I'm going to double dip into um, Tumelo's discography with a track from Read Only Memories. Um, I've been rocking out to this in the office a lot. It's, it's, it's just been really, really good for that. This is the main theme from uh, Neo, S- Neo San Francisco Streets Mix from Read Only <laughs> Memories. I'm oh, sorry, 2064 Read Only Memories. <laughs> Um, <laughs> composed by Tumelo.
listening to the main theme from Read Only Memories, the Neo San Francisco Streets Mix uh, by Too Mellow. And this is, I really, really love the, the electronic uh, tom-toms in there. <laughs> that's like one of my favorite sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite things. It's just like, it's already like a cool, like kind of synth wavy sound to it with, with, the, uh, with the way the drum sound and with the kind of keyboard sound goes. But yeah, those toms really hit it for me. And um, it, it makes me, it, it doesn't sound like, but it, 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 it's almost reminiscent for me of some of these kind of uh, story-based futuristic adventures on um, classic PCs, like on the PC-98 and the PC-88 systems um, that are generally more adult-themed, but um, but very, again, on the futuristic side of things. And, and the music is just very synthy, and it almost um, sounds like a detective story kind of way. Um, what what was some of the process in, in this music? Um, so this uh, song actually had the advantage of being created after uh, the game was done, so it was a like extra little take mm. on um, you know the way the theme should sound, but yeah, my process was basically uh, going for a very like persona esque sound at first mm. uh, because the creator said they were inspired by that, but soon realizing that um, for the music in particular they actually wanted a different kind of sound, uh, which was closer to like the Genesis and Sega CD um, synth sound, which is the uh, Yamaha DX7 chip. Yeah. I think it's I think it's the YM2612 is the one that's actually in those machines. But, we are super uh, familiar. <laughs> yeah, I am a, a lover of the, the FM synth chips, which is also similar to the uh, the FM synth chip in the PC-98, so that, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I used um, that pretty much exclusively. A few... A few uh, instances where I deviated but uh, and for the drums I just used like classic drum machines from the 80s nice yeah like that a lot well good track I, I really like that one I was what definitely you, you rocking oh, out of that I was digging the sound to the point where I made me look up the game I think I might have to look <laughs> into buying it on the PS4 yeah that's right it is available now on the PlayStation 4 and of course I was looking at some like review type stuff on it and one of the biggest you know loves unsurprisingly having heard this is that it has an awesome soundtrack so and also apparently Clementine voices the main character those two things combined is enough for me shoot yeah I I, uh, casted and directed all the actors oh you cast I got to work with all those people dude good call on that one then because yeah nobody else could have done it uh, the way she did See, he just made a sale for the game <laughs> <laughs> well if you would like more information on the bonus round part of the show including um, links to uh, the games that we've talked about and to the music where you can buy the music and support the artists go to rhythmandpixels.com we'll have all of the links there um, so you can go grab it right there <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Rhythm and Pixels. 
episode 13-3, our focus on hip-hop with artist Too Mellow. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your picks with us and, and sharing your experiences and, and creating this music with us. Of course. Um, I had a good time. I think this is one of my, again, one of my, I say this about a lot of the episodes, but I feel like this is one of my favorite like musical, like music episodes. Well, oh. just means we, have a st- we have a constant rise in quality. We yeah. can't stop. And that's a good thing. Yeah, it's really good. And it's good to have guests on who share a different, I didn't share it, but they have a different perspective on the topic and on games and game music. So it's good to have you on there. I haven't said it enough, I guess, but I really like this guy. Good. He is awesome. <laughs> And it's been just a lot of fun. Like this is this has probably been a, one of our longer episodes, and as far as I'm concerned, longer but full of quality. Like this is like this was just a great time, and hopefully you had a great time chatting and hanging out with us as well. Absolutely. Do you have um, any new projects or anything that you want to let our listeners know about that they can get their hands on now or, or anything else? Uh, I'm pretty much for the time being still pumping memories of Tokyo Toe which you can get either at my Bandcamp, which is 2mellowmakes.bandcamp.com or the handy link bit.ly forward slash JS Radio. Awesome. Jetset Radio was already taken. <laughs> um, do you um, have any uh, uh, concert dates? Do, do, you play, um, do, you, do you play live at all? Not enough to like have a, even a schedule on my website. It's pretty okay. random. I will get brought out by conventions and stuff, but I actually don't like touring all that much. And right. uh, yeah, most of my profits come from like online retail. Okay, Magfest, you should talk to this guy. <laughs> oh, I, I usually um, do play something at Magfest. I'm oh. usually part of the Mega Manathon. Oh, that means you probably know my friend, um, Tony and Bill and William. I don't know either of them. I don't know everyone who's involved, but I do know Brian. Uh, oh. Oh. From Half Empty Energy Tank. Ah, cool. Because like I know like they uh Tony does fairly. That's like Half Empty Half Empty Energy Tank is like uh, I guess like their mm-hmm. YouTube show. Yeah, and that's, they're the guys. They're two guys that work on there, and I know they do a lot with the Mega Manathon. I was like, oh, that's an interesting coincidence there. <laughs> Well, if you ever happen to have any any other um, events that you're going to be playing at, please let us know. I'd love to have it, you know, posted on our social media and our websites and stuff to let our listeners know about it. And Thanks. and from you too. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, cool. And if uh, you want to get in contact with us on the show, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, if you'd like a full track listing for the episodes and links to all of the episodes and more information about the show, check out the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, if you want to say hi to us on social media like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, just look for Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, if you'd like to support the show, uh, just please share it with your friends. That, that's that's really the best thing you can do. Um, you or just hit the subscribe button on whatever you're listening to. Um, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels if you'd like to help us out that way. And we'd like to thank all of our list, uh, Patreon subscribers at the end of the show. So I'd like to thank Alex the Messenger. Alex. Alex the man. Uh, Brian Kunkel, thank you so much. Big man Kunkel. <laughs> Bobby Arson, it's been nice chatting with you, actually. Uh, it's good getting to know you. A true, legit game player. A wicked Sephiroth, who just had um, a little mixtape, a Final Fantasy mixtape, come out on the VGM Jukebox. That's why you should share that on the, on, for this episode. Link. Yeah, really, really good. 
Um, okay, Impala! Exclamation point. Best game, best best car, best man. Um, Carlos and Morton Gangso and Henrik Gangsta. Anderson. Henrik, that's my man. Yeah, and uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. We're gonna be reaching out to you um, pretty soon. Uh, Brian Pitt, Chris Murray, yeah. Joe Vasallo. Ooh, that's a name. And David Smith. Holy! Did I get it right? You got it right. I got it right this time. I, I keep getting names <laughs> wrong. Uh, thank you all so much for your continued support. Um, all of the money in Patreon goes back into the show for file hosting and for new equipment, um, and just for all, uh, just you know, keeping it going. And you know, it's it's really nice knowing that uh, you care about it this much. Um, so we'll um, see you next week. I know we have some more guests lined up, and we have some um, live stream coming up. So check out, uh, stay tuned on our Facebook, and stay tuned on the webpage for more information on that. Um, I, once again, I want to thank Tumelo for coming on our show. Thanks a lot. Of course. All right. Um, anyway, this has been the Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. Uh, my name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week and stay safe. And remember, holy crap, I don't think I have one. Oh, no, I do. Okay. Do. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Musical inspirations are the stuff of legends. It is the thing that can take something that you would almost consider to be just flavor for your you know for your commute or for your cooking session and turn it into something adventurous or magical but you kind of have to get your hands into the stew branch out check out some more genres or topics or styles don't like country you don't know that give it a shot hip-hop clearly you hope you do after this episode but if you feel that you didn't hit something a specific note that you wanted look further into hip-hop because if you don't like it it likely means that you just didn't find the thing from it that you like yet but it's out there keep giving it a chance until we find some that sticks 